0: Welcome to the Martech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how I found myself in and got out of email deliverability jail. Joining us is Yanatori Asparaki, who is a deliverability specialist at Email Console, which is a product created by deliverability specialists with over 15 years of experience that gives you insights into your domain's reputation and your inboxing rates. From seed list to block list monitoring, Email Console helps you remain proactive by using email marketing software's data together with deliverability data to make sure that you don't end up where I was in email jail. So far this week, Yana Tori and I talked about how email works, and yesterday we talked about how to recognize email deliverability problems. Today we're going to continue the conversation talking about, well, how to solve email deliverability problems. All right, here's the third part of my conversation with Yana Tori Asparaki, the deliverability expert at Email Console. Yana Tori, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thank you, I'm glad to be back to talk about email some more.
1: I'm excited to talk with you again. I've tried to sing your praises so many times, you've been so generous with your time. I've got so much value out of your knowledge and I hope that my listeners do as well. And here's where the rubber meets the road. All right, everybody, if you haven't listened to the podcast, I got caught by the email police. We were sending cold emails. We were sending you know, a couple hundred to maybe low thousands of emails per day. And we were sending, I have three accounts. I have the personal account that I use to send custom emails. We have a email account that has our transactional emails. Most of the things that we send to our guests are transactional emails, like your episode has been published or here's how many download stats you have. And then we had a third email inbox that we were using to send our cold emails. And we have an SDR that's in the Philippines that sends a four email sequence to people that we're trying to get to be our sponsors. Most of the emails we were sending were from that third account, the cold outreach campaigns. So at some point we went from having a 50-ish percent open rate to a 20% open rate. And it's because... Well, we started to ramp up the number of emails that we were sending to like 500 emails per week from our cold outreach campaign. And that's when we got caught. So I huffed and puffed and screamed and yelled and found LinkedIn and said, somebody please help me. And like an angel, there was Yana Tori offering to help, not asking for anything, but just out of the goodness and graciousness of her heart. So Yana, knowing that I went from sending 500 emails that were cold and I saw a 30% decrease in our open rate, tell everybody what the advice you gave to me to start resolving some of our email deliverability problems.
2: So the first thing we did was a C test to see what inboxes didn't like you anymore. So we know what we had to do. And the main issue here was the fact that you were doing cold emails, especially that high volume. So what we went over was what is your business, what kind of content you're sending, what would a normal human expect from you, how and why. And we came to the conclusion that you're sending these emails, yes, through a tool, but it's more of a personal touch. It's not a campaign that's selling shoes and you're just sending it out to your 5,000 subscribers. It's you trying to get people on your podcast, you trying to make connections. So these emails are supposed to look like they're coming from you, that you're taking the time, you're writing them, you're writing something special to a person, and you're interacting with somebody you know. So that's what the spam filter is looking for. The way people are engaging with your content, this is what your business does, put two and two together, this is what should happen. And when a personal inbox is sending the maximum 500 emails a day, what are the chances that you're actually sitting on the other side and writing and typing those 500 emails out?
1: For what it's worth, it was 500 emails a week, not 500 emails a day.
2: Oh, wait. Still, I don't have the time to write 500 emails a week. <laughs> but yes, 500 emails a week.
1: I'm sitting here looking <laughs> at all of the data. And from my personal inbox, the most emails I've ever sent well, I have one week where it says I sent 240, but that must've been a mistake. We must've sent some cold emails from my account. 104 emails in a week. That's the most emails I've ever sent. But generally I hover between 60 to 80 emails from my personal inbox
0: a week.
2: Okay. If I were to tell you, like right now I just opened my inbox, okay? And I'm looking at the month of September. I mean, I have customers, we email each other. I've sent about... 30 emails this month to different people. There's threads and stuff, obviously, and some are really long, but there's no way I know 500 new people a month or even a year. If you're doing business, it makes sense. Right. So we were sending
1: somewhere between 5 to 10 the volume a normal person would send from a single inbox. And hey, what do you know? We had some deliverability problems. Who
2: knew? Yeah, it's where the, like, the human kind of thing comes into play. You know what the spam filters are expecting from you. You know what the customers are expecting. So what can you do to mimic that? Your business is legitimate. You're not going around trying to steal people's credit cards here. You have a legitimate business. When you're getting the right people in front of your email, or the I assume the email goes in front of the right people... People are going to engage. They love what you have to say. They want to do business with you. And the inboxes can see that. But that doesn't mean that they don't see all the other red flags, right? So in your case, that was the easiest thing to fix. So the first thing we did, we're like, you know what, let's just give it a breather. And I commend you for all of that because it's usually a long conversation when I tell people, well, you know, if you don't email for two weeks, this is going to blow over. And you're like, sure, let's just stop emailing for two weeks. And this is amazing. That didn't last. That was not a very long argument.
1: I know what you're thinking. I have to shut email off for two weeks?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. Sometimes I feel like I'm trying to start a religion. People don't believe, and it's nothing to believe. Unfortunately, this is IT. This is a computer making a decision, not me kind of trying to guess.
1: For what it's worth, we turned email off, our cold emails off, for five weeks. We just said, all right, this is a deliverability problem. We saw our email open rates go from 76% at its peak And then significantly down 76, 59, 46, 38, 28, 21. 21, I called Yana kicking and screaming, and she said, shut it down. We shut off our cold emails for the next five weeks. Now, we still had some people that were in the existing campaign, so we had a couple emails that trickled in and trickled out. But for the most part, there were no emails for five weeks. We happen to be ahead of schedule in terms of our ad sales. We didn't need to do a lot of business development. That's why we turned it off for so long. Now, Yana, it wasn't just, okay, turn off your emails. We were still sending personal emails. So I mentioned before we have three accounts. We have our cold email account. We have our transactional email account. And we have my personal email account. I was still sending emails personally. And our transactional emails to our guests were still getting sent as well. So in terms of like our total email volume for those, we went from 500 emails sent across all of our domains to 75 to 100 or so before we started ramping up our cold emails again. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. co. So turning off your emails and just letting the domain rest was piece of advice number one. What were some of the other things that you told us to do?
2: So at this point, we wanted to mimic you actually sending out emails, taking the time to either meet these people and then send them a catered content. So what we did was we created more inboxes, we moved, we reduced volume actually per inbox to make sure that, you know, a normal human that sits in front of his computer for eight hours can possibly send a couple of emails a day and just to start rebuilding that trust with the inboxes. We made sure that we're sending to people that really want the emails. You're sending them content that will be a little bit more personalized as well to show that I'm not just copy pasting a message and just throwing it out there and hoping somebody's going to bite. All those things are exactly what the spam filter is looking for. They want to make sure that you're sending emails to people who want them at the right time, that you're not just spamming people because they know how many emails you're sending their customers. Gmail knows. You sent to 100 Gmail accounts. Gmail knows you send it to 100 people. So we just slowed it down and made it look very, very normal as if a secretary was writing or a human was writing all of these. So the
1: things that you told me were shut it down, let it rest, take some time off, go have a vacation, enjoy your life. You're not going to sell anything for the next two weeks. While we were in that two week process and, and we waited for a longer period of time just to have more certainty. And that was because we didn't need to sell for that period. We did a couple of things. One, you mentioned, well, send less emails per inbox. So what we did is instead of creating a sales inbox that was sending all of our accounts, we did two things. One, we created a new domain. Instead of martechpod.com, we created martechpod.co. So all of our cold emails come from a separate domain than our transactional and our personal emails. So now if we have deliverability problems with our cold outreach, it's on a different domain than our transactional emails. We separated out our sales efforts from a domain basis from our transactional or personal emails. So what we're doing is creating basically a firewall in between deliverability issues with sales and the rest of our business. And then second, with this new domain, we created multiple accounts. So instead of having it be sales at martechpod.co, We created sales at martechpod.co and business development at martechpod.co. Those are not the actual email address names. But you get the idea that now we're sending emails from two different inboxes. So if we wanted to send 75 emails per week per inbox, now we can send a total of 150 emails per domain, but only 75 from each account. So, Yana, what we're really trying to do is mimic the amount of email volumes that a normal human being, and I'm using air quotes that no one can see, but a person that was handwriting emails, we were trying to send out almost an identical amount of volume per account, but we're creating multiple different accounts. We're separating it from a domain perspective to make sure that if we have email deliverability problems, it doesn't touch some of the more critical parts of our business. Are there any other things that you told us to do to make sure that we continue to have good deliverability?
2: So the one thing that's very important to monitor and more than just a rate is the bounce rates. We tend to like, okay, it's low, it's fine. But looking at the kind of bound complaints can kind of give you a little bit of an insight. Some inbox providers will let you know that they bounce you because they just don't trust you. And they're letting you know to slow down or to make sure you can maybe clean your list or double check to see if these people are worthy of being sent an email to or they're just going to put it in the garbage or let it go, which will affect you and look bad. The other thing is, in your case, you were sending emails from your personal inbox. This is not from an email marketing campaign tool, which is the other route we could have gone to you're sending from your inbox. So you're supposed to be sending emails like a human, but for somebody else who might be sending emails to people they don't know really through a cake mail or a flow mail and they're just uploading list after list, they're hiding through the reputation of other people But at some point, it's very easy. I mean, you're sending from the same domain or a subset of domains and all those get flagged and that will affect you. So it's not because you are sending from your inbox or sending from an email marketing service provider. You can get around these things. You can get around it maybe if you're sending really low volumes or you're kind of dripping it around. But at some point, they'll catch you. They have a history of forever. This is like a credit score here to haunt you. And in your case, if you're not using an email marketing service provider, you're not getting the spam complaints. So if an email doesn't exist, you'll get that email back. You know, everybody's done that. You send an email, you make a typo, and then your inbox tells you, hey, we couldn't deliver the email. Can you double check? So that's what a bounce is. And there's various types. Some say that we don't trust you. Some is the email doesn't exist. Some are mailbox full, all of those things. So those you will get, even if you're sending from a personal inbox, or if you're sending from an email marketing service provider, that will tell you that. On the other hand, spam complaints. One, if you're sending from your own personal inbox. So if I sent you an email and you clicked on spam, I wouldn't know. Google will know, but I definitely wouldn't. I don't get an answer saying, hey, this guy doesn't like your emails. So that means that I cannot stop sending him emails. So the inbox is like, we know that this guy doesn't want the emails. He is telling us because he's clicking on spam. And the business is not cleaning their list. They're not removing people that are unengaged. They just don't care. They're just hoping the message lands and somebody bites. And that's the opinion to start forming a view. When you're using an email marketing service provider, they will have some feedback loops. They will get spam complaints, but most inboxes don't give you the who click on spam. Gmail definitely doesn't. They will tell you a rate, but they don't tell you who. So those emails will never get off your list. And then you can just keep piling on these people that definitely don't want their, your email. And if you don't clean your list or if you keep sending again and again, the inboxes will just be like, okay, stop. We don't trust you. Go away. And that's where it impacts you. So in your case, we could have gone the other way where we're sending from an email marketing service provider so that you would, could hide amongst the bushes behind the reputation of other people and maybe stick at a higher volume, but you wouldn't have all the tools, the automation, it wouldn't feel like an inbox and all that thing. But you would be getting spam complaints. The bounces would be automatically taken care of. The spam complaints that they do get answers from would be taken care of. So if you're a business and B2B, you're using the quick mails and the mix maxes of the world, Uh, it is very important to sign up to at least as many feedback loops as you can. Go to Google Postmaster, create an account. It's free. They'll let you know what they think of you. As long as you're sending enough emails to Gmail per month, you can connect to the feedback loops, which give you the spam complaint from Yahoo or Microsoft. That way, at least you can remove people. If they click spam, don't send them another email. There's just another red flag and you don't want to accumulate red flags over a long period of time. And many, many, many businesses, unfortunately, think they're doing well because things are consistently okay. But for me, I see the potential. Why is your deliverability okay when it could be perfect? You don't even know how much money you're losing or how many leads you're losing because of that 30% that you're not getting in the inbox. just because you're not a bad sender, but you're not a perfect one either. So those are all the things that you should look at And it seems like it's very complicated, very long, but it's not. The moment you know what to look for and you can wrap your mind around it that, you know, this is just how it is, then you start playing a different game. You know the rules of the game. You know exactly what you need to do to look as good as you can.
1: At the end of the day, the most important advice that I took away from our conversations are when you have email deliverability problems, first thing you need to do is recognize them. So we set up a monitoring system where we're looking at our email deliverability. And the variables that we're looking at are how many emails are we sending in total from a domain? How many emails are we sending from an account? And are those emails having the right engagement? Are they getting delivered? Are they getting the right reply rates? And so when you start to see things like your open rate decrease, if your reply rate is still high, then look, you're probably getting caught by a spam filter. If you're starting to see your open rates stay flat, but your reply rates go down, all right, well, now you need to start thinking about adjusting your copy. So... There's a couple different things that I'm thinking about. One, are we protected in terms of separating the core assets of our business from our sales efforts, our cold emails? we created a separate domain. So if we have deliverability problems, if we start sending too many emails, it's only going to affect a domain that we're not sending our transactional emails to the most important people that we work with who are our actual sponsors. Two, we're monitoring the amount of emails that we're sending. And three, we're not only monitoring that on a domain level, we're looking at on an account level as well. At the end of the day, email deliverability is something that's really hard to monitor. And it really helps to have a guardian angel, a specialist, someone who looks down, waves their magic wand, and fixes their deliverability issues. And Yanatori, just like Cinderella, out of nowhere, there you appeared. You turned my pumpkin into a carriage. And now we've sold out our ad inventory through January, and it wouldn't have happened without you. So I cannot say thank you enough for not only teaching me how email works, but helping us solve our deliverability problems. You've had a dramatic impact on our business without asking for anything in return. I hope being a guest on this podcast provides an equal amount of value to you, if not more. And if there's anything I can ever do to return the favor, please don't be shy to ask.
2: Definitely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
1: All right. And that wraps up this episode of the Martech podcast. Next to my guardian angel, Yanatori Asparaki, deliverability specialist at Email Console for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Yanatori, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Yana Tori, Y-A-N-N-A-T-O-R-R-Y, or you can visit her company's website, which is emailconsole.com, E-M-A-I-L-C-O-N-S-U-L.com.